0: Who's Flying the Plane is partnered with Temwa, who work to bring about sustainable community development in remote and rural areas of northern Malawi, one of the poorest countries in the world. I'm cycling from Bangor to Bristol next weekend, which is 5,560 metres of vertical ascent, pretty much the height of Kilimanjaro. If you'd like to sponsor me, you can go to uk.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash alexwilson42. I'd be very grateful for any contribution. I'm here with Joe Hook, who's the co-founder of the international development charity Temwa. Hi Joe. how are you doing?
1: Hello, I'm really good, how are you?
0: Yeah, good, thank you. Firstly, I'd like you to tell me about what it was that inspired you to start Temwa.
1: Okay, so my friend Sophie and I were living in Malawi and running the backpackers in the year 99 and 2000, we were there for a year, and we came face to face with some pretty full-on situations. Um, the one that really sticks out, the kind of main story that inspired it was uh, one of the gardeners who we worked with who's called Lottie and a really lovely man. He deteriorated while we were running this lodge and he was desperately kind of dragging himself into work and would sit under a tree and try and, you know, Dig, pull a few weeds just to stay there to get his salary and he had HIV which turned into full-blown AIDS. It turned out that his wife had already died. Uh, He was living with his sister so he got to the point he was so sick he couldn't even come to work and his sister was trying to care for him as he was sick and dying and Lottie had seven children and his sister had eight children uh, his sister's husband had also died so this woman was trying to care for her brother who's sick and dying and look after and grow enough food to feed 15 children and it just seemed like this impossible situation so we went to go and see Dr Kalua who was a lovely man who was a doctor at the local hospital and we said can anything be done for him because they were asking us for paracetamols like Profen or any, any medical aid to help and they had no paracetamol, no ibuprofen at the hospital. It was the rainy season. They had no
0: even the qu- most simple things like yeah, that. Yeah, they
1: had no. They didn't even have a fridge. They had no quinine, which is the cure for malaria at that time. Then it was the rain. Was, there was you know, rainy season. There's loads of mosquitoes. Everyone's got malaria. They had no cure for malaria. Um, and it just became obvious, quite how desperate things were. The doctor said to us that there are thousands of families living like this and struggling and it was the middle of the AIDS epidemic and at that time the population was around ten million. Um there were half a million orphan children and there were also half a million people living with HIV and AIDS at that time. So you've got five percent of the population are HIV positive, and five percent of the population are orphan children. So those statistics themselves are huge. So when we found this out we just felt like we had to do something um and so that's the story behind how 10 was started so.
0: so so it was something yeah something you personally were out there witnessing and you're like yeah. I have to take it upon myself to make a change that's something that must be quite rare because a lot of people think well you know maybe I'll donate to charity or something but the two of you really felt that you should take it upon yourselves we
1: tried to find a charity to Fundraise for that would support the north of Malawi, and there was really very few organisations working in the north of Malawi at that time. Um,
0: Is there a reason for that? It's
1: quite complicated. Malawi as a country was under a very strict dictatorship from the mid sixties to the mid nineties, and it opened up after that. And you know, so there weren't many NGOs working in the country prior to that. So, kind of late nineties, early like two thousand, a few NGOs had come in. Um, but none of them, I mean the big ones wouldn't specify, they, you couldn't fundraise them and they'd specify it would go to northern Malawi. Um, so we actually weirdly, Sophie and I, when we went out there, we uh, took with us documentation how to register a charity, because the dream was to set up and run our own backpackers lodge. We wanted to live there. Um, and you know, if you go traveling, you go to these beautiful places, you think, oh, wouldn't it be great to live somewhere like this? Mm-hmm. And the only way we could see that we could do that was to run a lodge. And we knew we also wanted to run community projects and support communities if we were to set up a a tourist lodge. And I met the guy who set up Africa Initiatives, I think his name was Mike, Uh, he was a friend of a friend's, and he said, oh no, we we can't fund, you know, you can't fundraise and support somewhere specific like that. He said, but set up a charity yourself, it's really easy. So I wrote to Mm. the Charity Commission and took the documentation with me on how to register a charity when planning to go to Malawi and set up a tourist lodge. So, <laughs> so, Sophie and I sat on this beach and read the documentation hut and I was like, we can do this. Which was quite naive, we didn't realise how hard it was, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So what does the word Temwa actually mean?
1: Temwa is a word in Chitumbuka, which is the language spoken in the north of Malawi, and it means love. It means love not in terms of, you know, I love my husband or wife, but it's love in terms of a community sense. So you talk about you know the love you have within your family, the love you have within a community. So it's that mm. kind of love. Okay. Um, yeah. And it, the name was chosen by the community members themselves by our first committee. We didn't want to choose the name ourselves, so oh. they chose the name for us. Very nice. Yeah.
0: You said looking back that you felt like you were quite naive at the start of it. So what was the first step you took? What was the first thing you managed to do under the temple name? Uh,
1: well, the first thing we did was fundraise um, while trying to work out what we were going to do, we started fundraising. Um, what was the first thing we did? We lived, at the time we lived in St. Paul's, uh, so at St. Paul's Carnival, and I worked at the Thecla we got a load of Red Stripe and we sold, <laughs> we <laughs> sold ice pots for the kids and a Red Stripe. Um, that raised a few hundred pounds. We did a cycle from Bristol to Butte, and we did music events, we did a whole, we spent two, Two and a half years putting on music events in Bristol. We put on nights every two or three months at Thecla. We did a huge night at Lakota. Um, we had nights, we did music, and we did the, the first big art event as well at the Tobacco Factory. Uh, we had an amazing network of friends and volunteers. And what was lovely in that time, so I was kind of early mid 20s. And I'm from Bristol, so I had this kind of great network of people that I knew from Bristol. When we said we wanted to do something, first of all, we said we wanted to set up an orphanage. And everyone just rallied around us, like all these amazing people. So the people who ran Full Cycle, which was a big drum and bass network, so they organised a night where we had Ronnie Size, Crust, Dye, DJ Markey from Brazil. like this huge night that was put in a club called The Level, and we didn't do anything. that, And that raised three or four thousand pounds. So all these incredible people, the artists, the musicians, just rallied round and helped us fundraise. And we raised £25,000. But by the end of the two-year period, we realised that we didn't want to run an orphanage. That was totally the wrong thing to do. It's a Western concept. You have a small number of children. Actually, what you need to do is support the families who are supporting the orphans. You know, you've got a huge orphan crisis throughout an entire country, The best way to tackle that is support the families, not take the fat children away from their families and put them into an institution whereby you can only support a small number of children. You support the families, you can support a large number of children.
0: What was it like seeing money that you've raised yourself and initiatives you've started, what was it like seeing them actually take hold?
1: Amazing. Like when you... I mean, I'm... uh, Someone, Sophie, the co-founder, the co-founder, always teases me because uh, I well up quite easily, I get quite watery eyes. And, you know, you're walking around quite a large area, visiting different programmes, and you're meeting people whose lives have dramatically changed, or you're meeting people who have got still very difficult lives. So, for example, you meet a group of people who are HIV positive. We work with 12 different HIV support groups. And these are people who've got incredibly tough lives you know they're trying to grow enough food to feed themselves they've got very little medical support and they're telling you how this group that they go to every month literally saves their life and mm. what they've learned about agriculture and nutrition has dramatically improved their health and the support they get from 10 the support they get from their peers means they can continue their life and feel strong and feel brave and feel happy And I'm sat there welling up trying not to cry. (laughs) Like thinking, like I they're the ones who are amazing, I shouldn't be welling up. So it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, I've visited countless projects of people who have set up businesses and run bakeries and, you know, and run hairdressers and shops and, and all sorts and you know, and all these different agricultural projects and forestry projects. I mean, we've planted around one and a half million trees through the different community groups, which is huge.
0: An incredible number. A yeah. huge
1: number. So you go and see or you go and visit these amazing people who have plant, who have, you know, filled up pots with seeds and, and are raising, you know, six to eight thousand tree seedlings and they're gonna go and outplant them all. And then you you go back later and you see all these trees growing and you know, they're getting papaya and Oranges and lemons and guavas and mangoes and avocados and so seeing that happen I think the agricultural projects are amazing as well like meeting people who Told you that last year they were growing enough food To it, you know, they get they run out of food and it gets to a point where they can only eat One meal every other day, and it's a small mm. meal and they're getting by one meal every other day but this year because of working with Temwa and the agricultural training they've had in the seeds, they've grown enough food to eat two to three meals a day the entire year round, and they've grown surplus, and they're selling the surplus, and they're going to market, and they're getting money, and now they can afford to pay for school fees so their kids can go to secondary school. Last year, their kids weren't going to school. So last year, their kids weren't going to school. They didn't have enough money to feed themselves. They were going hungry, and this year, you know, their lives have dramatically changed. Mm. So it's amazing, and these are people who you know whose husbands have died, whose wife has died, or you've got someone whose brother or sister's died, and they're, they're looking after orphans. The majority of people we work with are looking after orphans. Mm. So you know you see how tough life is and you see it improve and it's it's incredible.
0: Yeah, it must be very life affirming to see everyone rallying around and working together and having people from you know over here in Bristol be so positive and yeah. so helpful to you. it must feel really exciting to feel that it's it doesn't take that much to push people to make a real positive change like that
1: it's amazing you you realize there's a lot of good people in the world and then it's you know 10' was not just bristol now we've got incredible contacts that support us in london and leicester and, and you know and all over and you know seeing people rally around and support is amazing it you know it's yeah, often as someone who's set up an organisation, you know, Sophie and I get a lot of credit, but actually the credit goes to everyone involved, to the amazing interns, you know, who do so much, who give up their time and, and make things happen. The team here, but all the people who do sponsor challenges and cycles or the musicians and artists who perform, like they're all incredible and they're a huge part of it. So it's really important to get across to them how big a part of it they are and the difference that, 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 that we all make together. So,
0: yeah. So you do some quite different things to raise funds at the moment. One that really comes to mind is rock and rumble. Um, um <laughs> and that's quite a, you know, everyone's familiar with a fun run or a sponsored hike up a mountain or something like that, but rock and rumble, uh, is a completely original idea. And I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about how that came about.
1: Sure. Rock and rumble is wonderful. It's the brainchild of a dear friend, Dave Nettleton. Um, as sometimes happens, Temwell was literally about to run out of money. And I, you know, for me, this organization has to survive, not for myself, I can go and get another job somewhere else, but it's the communities in Malawi. We're the only organization that supports these communities. So when things get desperate, I often ring around a network of contacts and Dave's a really well-connected man. And I knew he'd pull off a really good fundraising event and I didn't know what it would be. And he came up with a few ideas and I wasn't sure on some of them. And then he went, I've got it. There's this thing called white collar boxing. People do boxing. No one's done wrestling. Let's do a wrestling event. I was like, great. So I posted on Facebook. Anyone know anyone who might be interested in helping 10? We do a wrestling event, and lots of people tagged Saeed. Turns out on our doorstep we've got one of the Europe's best wrestling coaches. You know, uh, uh, you know who wrestled in the Olympics. Represented Team GB. Amazing guy who comes from an Iranian family of wrestlers. Um, wrestling's huge in Iran. So here's this incredible guy, Saeed, on our doorstep. You know, and Saeed and I are shocked that we haven't met before because we've got so many friends in common in Bristol. So Dave, Saeed, and I sat down with a 10 team and Rock and Rumble was born, and it is such an incredible event. You've got all these people who train so hard. They've never done wrestling before, and Saeed, in a six to eight week period, trains them with all the techniques the first time we did it, lots of good friends of mine my brother did it as well and they went on such a journey and they loved it, you get you know, you you get fit your fitness levels go up, you learn a whole new skill um, and the night itself is electric watching all these people wrestle (laughs) in crazy costumes, the other thing that's really interesting about it is, you end up um, with uh, uh, all these ridiculous kind of costumes and Saeed says you know that's kind of you know the WWE kind of stage wrestling that's a big no-no in Mm. in the world of wrestling in the world of Olympic wrestling but we've somehow managed to combine Olympic wrestling with crazy costumes raising money for charity and get away with it and it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant yeah
0: so what about Bristol Come Dancing yeah
1: we weren't the first organization to do that there are other people that have done sort of a take on Strictly Come Dancing um And I'm sure everyone else has has done it brilliantly. And, you know, the one we did, again, the atmosphere was electric. So I took part in that Uh, and, you know, fundraised and trained. And it's, I've never watched Strictly Come Dancing, so I didn't know it was such a cliche, but I had no idea how hard it was to learn a (laughs) dance routine. Really bloody difficult. But that was a great. The atmosphere was incredible and I just would, I'd love to do it again. You can't do something like that again you can't repeat it. I mean, obviously other people can. So if you haven't gone out and done something like that, it, it's its amazing. Again, I think it's a forget, six to eight week period and you've got professional dance tutors who train you and you come up with your costume and you learn the routine and you go out there and on the night you just, it's the best feeling in the world to go out and perform. I loved it. I really loved yeah, it. That's great. <laughs>
0: What's we're doing in Malawi at the moment?
1: Wow, okay, at the moment we do so much. We are running our agricultural projects, so that sustainable agricultural projects, are helping communities grow enough food to feed themselves and ensure they have a more nutritious diet. We're continuing with our forestry projects. Last year we trap planted over 380,000 trees with community members. We, with our health programs, we've got the support groups for people who are HIV positive, um, we also do mobile testing for people for HIV and AIDS, which is really important because the clinics are so far away. So people have to walk a day just to get to a clinic. So if you take mobile testing out to these remote communities that we work in, then people can go and get tested. Um, we're doing a huge amount with our education projects. We have got reading camps um, to help improve early grade literacy they use spelling bees we've got bursary projects so pe- you know, students are getting funded to go to secondary school um there's uh, under health again we've got a water filter project which is amazing which literally saves lives people don't have access to clean water mm-hmm. so they drink water from the lake or from the rivers which is, is dirty and untreated a really good friend of mine goodson um, who's actually on the committee for one of the village water filter committees he lost numerous children one of, to diarrhoea. I mean, it's just basic, kids shouldn't be dying of diarrhoea. and It's because of not having access to clean drinking water. When I met him, he said, this project is literally saving my lives and saving the lives of my village. You know, so that's, I mean, that's health, education, agriculture, forestry, I mean, we do hu- huge, huge projects. I've got a really big vision, though. Um, I'm very concerned about climate change, as we all are. So, want to take on reforesting the north of Malawi, which is huge.
0: It sounds huge, that's <laughs> very ambitious idea. But...
1: but we've got a fantastic team and yeah. an ambitious team. And the chairman of the board of trustees in Malawi is behind this. We've got the most inspirational people on our board of trustees in Malawi in the UK. I spoke to the, the board chair this morning in the UK and he's completely behind it. I the There's a great quote in, David Attenborough's BBC documentary on climate change, the facts, he said, we've already got the most incredible carbon capture technology there is out there, that's trees. So we just need to plant as many trees as we can now. And here's a good fact for you, good forest Mm -hmm. fact. It takes 80 years to grow a pine fully in the UK. It takes 30 years to grow a Malawi. It's much more important to grow trees in the southern hemisphere because Mm -hmm. they grow much more quickly. Um, so obviously they then take in much more carbon. The quicker mm. they grow, the more carbon they take in. So there'll no doubt be a lot of organisations, or people interested in trying to support forestry and we want to reforest the north. So anyone that wants to help us with that, get in touch. Yeah. <laughs> so how can we get involved? Uh, how can you get involved? Well, if you to start with, you can do sponsored events if you want to do a cycle run climb challenge. If you work somewhere or if you have a business and you think they want to... Carbon offset or become carbon neutral, we can help with that. Um, if you want to set up a regular donation, if you want to donate five, ten pounds a month, you can do that. We have a Christmas party; you can come to that. There's a whole host of ways that you can get in touch. Um, regular donations, corporate sponsorship, just you know, so many things. If you know anyone that runs a trust and foundation, they can fund our programs. All sorts.
0: Okay. Well, thanks a lot for talking to me, Jay. Um, And yeah, good luck with uh, the future of TAMWA.
1: Thank you so much, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you, thank you.